Hi, I'm Tina. And I'm Amber. And, and we're, we're the Slayer, Slayer Sisters. Sisters. Hello. Hi. Part two. Oh, God. The Black Hawk War. <sighs> Part one, we discussed uh, kind of how well, the basis of it and the piece of shit that Thomas Jefferson is, was. It's only going to get worse, It's only going to get worse. It's only going to so get we're worse. So we're just going to jump, uh, jump back into it. Yay. Yay. So excited. Not really. So, many of the tribes, um, not immediately, they didn't enter the war on the side of the British. Not right away. Yeah. So, some of them, including the Sauk and the Fox, um, they wanted to remain uninvolved. They're like, let's just stay out of this as long as we possibly can because... We, again, they just wanted to live peacefully. Yeah. Let us just keep doing yeah. how we've been living. They didn't give a shit what right. the American or British people were doing. No, no, but clearly the war made it very difficult for the U.S. government or American traders to, to provide the supplies and the annual and payments expected by the tribes while the British still offered them guns, powder, um... Ammunition and other items like that. Yeah. So, over time, more and more Native warriors joined or launched raids on the American forts and settlements. Well, good. I mean, why wouldn't they? Right. I mean, what were they doing for that for the Native Americans at that time? Exactly. They weren't. British people, they were trading, providing all these things for them. Clearly, they're going to pick the British side. Yeah. No. So, Black Hawk led... Groups of sock warriors and a number of attacks during the war. Clearly. He's, I mean, he was He was it. like, fuck this. Yeah. Let's go. Because this is bullshit. Yep. We're doing it. Um, so some of them were Fort Madison in September of 1812. Which is in Iowa. French Town in January of 1812. I don't remember where that one's at. <laughs> oh, I was just waiting. Uh, Fort Meigs in May of 1813. And Detroit in July of 1813. So many of the tribes and the tribal councilors um, remained divided. During the war, American officials persuaded neutral socks and foxes to separate from the rest of their tribe. So they were like, hey, listen, if you don't want to fight, just leave. Just leave, yeah. basically, right? Mm -hmm. So roughly 1,500 of them moved first to the mouth of the Des Moines River on the western bank of the Mississippi. And then they moved further west up the Missouri River. Um, but when Black Hawk resumed fighting again with the British, he described that almost a third of his people had left their old homes. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. So that just, in, did that include warriors, too, do we know? No, no. It, that was mostly um, just, like, people who stayed in, you know, the at, on their land okay. or in their villages. Um, so, like, women, children, elderly. Okay. okay. Um, but, of course, Black Hawk and other Sock and Fox warriors continued raiding during the final two years of the war. Mm -hmm. So they just kept going. They're like, we're just going to do this. Yeah. We're going to keep fighting. We're, yeah, because this is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also found it necessary to devote more attention to defending their own home and villages from the Americans. Yep. Clearly. Right. You know? I think at that point, though, they like they had <clears throat> so many that were, um, you know, out there during these raids, so they're like, we need to protect the ones that have stayed home, so let's, like, probably not 
take us all out on the raids. Right. No, right. So in July and September of 1814, the Sauk turned back American attacks that even threatened Saukanook itself. Yeah. And the War of 1812 ended in 1815. Many Northwestern Native Americans continued fight for to fight for months after that um, because they were just furious that the British had abandoned them. Yep. I, just up and gone. Right. Like, oh, the war's over? Okay, bye. Right. You know? So then they're yeah. kind of like, okay... Uh, did we, we obviously picked the wrong fucking side. Exactly. They still hoped to regain the lands they had lost over the last two decades. Yeah. But mm. not, yeah. So in 1815 and 1860, the tribes gradually signed treaties with the United States, ending the fighting. Oof. Mm. Why? What? What? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the Sauk were among the last to sign those treaties. Yeah, they did not want to. They were like, fuck you. No. Fuck you. Ex- yeah. I would hope they were. Yeah. that. Because mm. actually, they uh, stormed out of a peace council meeting made up of um, many of the tribes in July of 1815. They were like, fuck you. No. Bye. This is not a peace treaty. Yeah, this no. is bullshit. This is bullshit. It's another bullshit fucking lie. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so finally they signed a treaty in May of 1816, and this one was different from the one in 1804. It was signed by 22 Sauk chiefs and leaders, including Black Hawk, under the name of Black Sparrow Hawk, because he was like, you might get my real name, bitch. <laughs> um, it intended to reestablish peace between the Sauk and the United States, um, and it also included as Article 1 a confirmation of the Treaty of 1804 with its immense land cession. So, they didn't get their land. They still didn't get their land back. So. No, just a way for them to be like, meh, you know what, we'll take it away from you again. Yeah. Fuckers. Ooh. Exactly. Black Hawk, Black Hawk later insisted that neither he nor any of the other Sock understood that by placing their marks on this treaty, they were acknowledging the 1804 treaty. Again, like I said, another big fucking lie. They weren't, why would they admit that? They, the treaty that they thought they were signing was basically like, we're going to have peace. Right. Not, we're giving you our fucking lands. Yeah, permanently now. Ugh. Fuckers. So, over the course of the 1820s, Illinois' non-Native Americans' population nearly tripled. Okay. Shocker. Uh, topping 157,000. In 1830. Of white settlers. Mm Mm-hmm. So during these years, the area of settlement spread across the state with new land offices opening every few years to sell more um, of the surrounding countryside. So as American settlers swept north and west across the states, more and more Native groups abandoned their villages and farms for new lands west of the Mississippi. And by the late 1820s, the Sauk and Fox Village in the northwestern corner of the state were in the last... A significant area of native settlement. So, that was Sakanook. So, cheap and fertile farmland was not the only thing that drew American settlers to Illinois after the war. The major attraction was lead. Um, So, this brought American miners onto the lands actually occupied by the Sak and Foxes on both sides of the Mississippi. So, once again, let's invade your land. Yeah. So, the Sak and Foxes had worked these mines for decades. 
They'd obtained lead for their own purposes and to trade with the French, Spanish, British, and Americans. Like, that was their revenue. Right. Um, and on one eve of the war, American miners had tried to take over the Fox's lead mines west of the Mississippi, near what is now Dubuque, Iowa. Okay. Uh, but they had been driven off by the foxes. They're like, get the fuck out of here, you son of a bitches. Like, well, exactly. But after the war, the federal government issued leases to lead miners for lands claimed by the Sock and Fox tribes. Fucking fox. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're just going to come in and do whatever we want they and give it away. No fucking consideration. No, for Why the would people they? that were fucking here first, the the greedy and selfishness of these motherfuckers. I can't even. I can't. Oh, I can't even. Okay. So mm. in the summer of 1822, hundreds of miners swarmed into the area around Galena in northwestern Illinois. Mm-hmm. And Fox Sock and Fox Chiefs protested strongly, but the U.S. government supported the miners. Of course. Of course. Why would they not? So the constant tension between the American and Native American miners occasionally erupted in violence. Obviously. Yeah. I mean... Why would we just lay down and and take it? Right. Fuck you. But the fucking... More Americans continued to flock into the region, which obviously overwhelmed the Native Americans, and they... Well, and their numbers were so drastically dwindled by that point, too. Yeah. You know? And the, the American miners and settlers just basically, like, ignored the Native American presence. Well, of course, yeah. What the fuck? They were there first. Go the fuck away. Right. Oh. Mm. Uh, like, oh, go back where you came from. Guess what? Native Americans were here before any of you fuckers. Yeah. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. You, uh, I'm not gonna go there. Okay. So, in the late 18th century to early 19th century, men such as Presidents George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and their Secretaries of War, Henry Knox and Henry Dearborn, believed that Native Americans would adopt the culture of the white Americans. So, George Washington, fuck you. Henry Knox, fuck you. Henry Dearborn, fuck you. And of course, fuck you, Thomas Jefferson. Um, And in their thinking, the Native Americans would become civilized. Oh, that's right, because they were savages. And they would merge into society. Ugh. And most Western settlers rejected this belief. They were like, that's not going to happen. You're right. Because they don't want to. No, because they don't have to. Exactly. Again, um, they were here first. Indigenous, yeah. as in here first. Yeah. Fucktards. Thank you. Thank you. So in eighteen, the 1820s and 1830s, white Americans throughout the country were increasingly likely to see Native Americans as racially rather than... Uh, culturally inferior. This is the problem with that, okay? Cultural problems is how they dressed, right? Okay. It's what they ate. It's how they spent their time, how they spoke. Um, and it's those problems that thought if it's a cultural problem, they could po- potentially be corrected, right? But In their raci- fucking minds. But racially inferior was viewed as a permanent and uncorrectable situation. You one may what how what makes anyone think okay that anyone else is inferior to them? I just based on why? based on what? Based on the way you are? So everyone's inferior to you because they're not you, you fucks. Just because you came over here with more technical 
technological stuff than what Native Americans were used to. They lived off the fucking land. They were making all silverware, weapons, clothes, blankets, homes, homes from things you find on the land. From the land. Oh, and, and then uh, what happened when these fuckers come over? They, they raped decimate. Yes. Decimate everything. They fuck the land. Ugh. They decimate the people. They decimate the animals. They fucking top tear everything down to build their shit. Fuck you, garbage. your garbage. Uh, uh, so even most of the Illinoisans, Illinoisans, whatever, saw Native Americans as permanently inferior. They also considered them dangerous. And settlers whose farms and villages were isolated from each other and often far from any army posts worried about attacks and raids. Supposedly, these fears were not entirely unjustified. Bullshit. Bullshit. From according to who? Right. These white fucks? Fuck you. (sighs) It had not been long since Illinois tribes attacked frontier settlements and federal forts during the War of 1812. That's because they were fighting for their lands, you stupid Fuckers! Exactly. You came in. And, oh, okay, we could we could go on. We could go on, but <laughs> we should probably just get through some of this. <laughs> so, um, personal violence between natives and whites, and uh, among natives and natives and whites and whites was also like very common. So, like, there was just fighting between everyone. Everyone right. was pissed off. Everyone was fighting with each other, and a lot of this was fueled by liquor and unrestrained uh, law and. Men fought and even killed each other over a wide range of issues. Well, it's also like everything was lawless back then. Well, right. And again, you came here and took their shit. Um, P.S. You guys also have fucking guns. They have arrows. Yeah. Hello. Uh, at a time when Native Americans were being pushed from the land that they considered their own, by the influ- influx of settlers and the force of treaties, tensions remained extremely high. And settlers saw signs of an approaching uprising. Whenever Native Americans passed through land that was no longer theirs, um, or they would assemble in groups that were larger than expected, or stole a horse or shot a cow that had wandered onto their lands or fought a group of miners at a lead dig. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so... Mm. Um, So that just gives you every right to do whatever the fuck you want. Okay. If that... I don't know. I don't, you want a bitch because they shot a cow that went onto their land? You took their fucking land. Yep. I hope they stole all your fucking horses, you piece of shit. Exactly. So during these war scares, white settlers often temporarily abandoned their homes, fleeing to larger towns and cities or to army forts. Why, you guys are bitches? You scared? Oh, right. Are you scared? Oh, it was okay for you to come over and fucking take everything and force everything away. Now your bitches are scared. Oh, they're upset. Oh, goodness. The natives are restless, you fucks. Mm. No, they're pissed off. And they have every fucking right to be. And when you say natives, that's... that that Natives! Natives! Native to the land! They were here first. That's what always pisses me off. Oh, the natives. Right! They were here first, you fucks! Yeah. White man wasn't fucking here first. No. Natives. 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 Native Americans. First. And there are many different native tribes. Many. Okay? Across this entire country. Hundreds. Into Alaska and Hawaii. It just, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. They're natives. They were there first. Exactly. God. 
<clears throat> so from the late 1780s through the mid-1820s, it was generally accepted that the federal government took the lead in supervising Native Americans. Or took the lead, sorry. I said, uh, we were talking about lead. Lead in supervising Native Americans. So within the federal government, these affairs were usually assigned to the War Department, right? Right, well, Even yeah. though Native tribes were treated as independent nations. Okay. What? I, I, oh, I have, okay. So the President... The Secretary of War, the Commissioner of Indian Affairs, because you had to have one of those, apparently. Well, right, because he came over and took everybody's stuff, so why not put a white man in charge of it? And on some matters, Congress set policy in the natives, nation's capital. So, like, a variety of government officials in the field then put these policies into action, right? So, all these fucking people get together, they're like, okay, so Native Americans can't do this, they can't do that, they need to do this, they have to have this, they can't have that, they have to, blah, blah, blah. And then they would send out these government officials to put these policies in place. Almost every tribe had an agent or sub-agent who lived with or near them. <laughs> Agents served as a conduit through which the tribes could make their needs and desires and complaints known to the federal government. Yeah, because they listened. Would, yeah, because yeah, they listened and they were going to tell them, okay. So the Sock and Fox agent between 1817 and 1830 was a fur trader by the name of Thomas Forsyth. Uh, they're their own nations. Why in the fuck do you have a piece of fuck white man? Negotiating? I can't. I, and enforcing these laws or these treaties yes. that are all a bunch of lies and bullshit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Put a white man in charge. Uh, yeah, and then Fox. he was removed uh, from office in 1830, so then Felix St. Vrain became their agent. So, garbage. Um, army officers also played important roles. The commander at the fort nearest each tribe met with tribal leaders and coordinated policies with their agent, even when relations were peaceful. Uh, and as tensions increased, higher-ranked officers who were responsible for larger districts often became involved, especially as troops were mobilized to preserve peace and defeat Native resistance. <sighs> Garbage. Mm -hmm. Garbage. Uh, the affairs of the Sock and Fox were also overseen by the Regional Superintendent of Indian Affairs in St. Louis, William Clark, which is the Clark of Lewis and Clark Expedition. Really? Mm. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> God damn it. I gotta laugh, because if I don't, I'm gonna scream, so. All right. Uh, by the early 1830s, the Sock and Fox tribes were well accustomed to visiting their agent and the Army commander at Fort Armstrong on Rock Island near Sockanook. Uh, the superintendent in St. Louis, and at times the president and cabinet members in Washington. So, there's no evidence that they actually visited the governor of the state, which was at uh, Vandalia. So, they were just meeting with everybody because everyone was trying to keep them um, under lock and key. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah put the mm. white man in charge. That's a good mm. idea. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, smart. they're just trying to go along with it. So they can keep peace, you know? Like, okay, fine. Right. We'll talk to this bitch. Fine. But, like, really? The, you gave them fucking babysitters. Is it, what you exactly. did. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, exactly. I just... And in the meantime, you're all worried that the other ones that aren't going along with your bullshit are gonna uprise up. Well, yeah, they're fucking pissed. Yeah. They're fucking pissed. 
You I, took I everything from them and expect them to be like you, you lying pieces of shit. Yeah. Fuck I you. Just, I just, I don't, oh, okay. Fuck you. Uh, so in the mid-1820s, mid some of the southern and western states began to demand a larger role in Native American affairs. They wanted more influence mm -hmm. in these cults. Yeah, so this oh, process yeah. got its start in Georgia, with, um, where the governor and some state legislature tried to pressure President John Quincy Adams to remove the Creeks and the Cherokee from the, straight, from the states and to force the natives themselves to leave. Okay? Alabama and Mississippi soon adopted and echoed Georgia's approach. Mm, yeah. So in the fall of 1827, Illinois Governor Neenan Edwards wrote a series of letters to President Adams and his secretaries of war, James Burbum, Barber, Barber, I'm angry, sorry guys, Barbauer and Peter Porter regarding the Sock and Fox and other Native Americans who remained in Illinois. Considering the continuing presence of these people, he considered them, right, a grievance so inconsistent with the rights of the state. Excuse me? That is a direct quote. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Edwards mm. requested federal action to remove them. Secretary uh, Barbour, Barbour, I don't know, whatever the fuck his name is, quickly assured Edwards that the steps would be taken to comply with his request, with the least possible delay consistent with humanity. Another quote. Garbage. So, nothing happened for eight months. And Edward sent a more ominous letter. And he warned that if the federal government did not resolve the problem, the state government would. Okay. Do something or we will. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. <sighs> so Garbage. So, July 1828, Secretary Porter informed Edwards that the remaining Native Americans had agreed to leave the state by the end of May of 1829. Okay. I'm with you. So Porter also reminded the governor that it was, quote, unquote, the business of the Department of War and not the governor to see that they fulfilled their promise. Okay. So by May of 1829, the deadline came and went, and uh, some of the Sock and Fox people were still east of the Mississippi, and the states had gained a powerful ally in Native American affairs in Washington. They were like, you know, um, fuck we're you. We're not leaving. We're not leaving. No. No. Bullshit. <sighs> so, oh, God. Okay. Um, yeah. By March of 1829, Andrew Jackson succeeded John Quincy Adams as president. I have really uh, negative feelings towards ja Andrew Jackson. No. Just so everyone knows, I'm, he's, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, but Jackson already had a long history of challenging federal Indian policies. As both a general and a commissioner charged with negotiating and land sessions. God damn it. I keep saying sessions. <laughs> He largely accepted the arguments of many of the state governors that the native people within a state's boundaries were the responsibility of the state, not the federal government. Jackson also strongly believed that it was in the interest of both natives and the whites 
that any Eastern Native American who wanted to remain a member of a tribe and practice a Native culture should move beyond the Mississippi. You want to keep being the person you are, you have to move. Fuck you! Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did I, I mean, I did say at the beginning of this, right, I did say that Black Hawk was born in Sakanook, Illinois, in 1767, correct? I did say that, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Are you, I, these people were born here. Yeah. Natives. What? <sighs> I want to buy Again, natives. Indigenous. Look it up, people. Uh-huh. And Look I it up. I think we're going to stop there for this one because I... <sighs> uh, Frustrating. I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking get it. No. And I am still, to this day, livid for any Native American tribe in any... Anywhere. Oh, absolutely. And we'll get there. Like, we'll talk about that after the fact. After right. We get, but, like, I just... It, how fucking dare... Like, go back to fucking England and Germany and Ireland and fucking Scotland. Wherever the fuck you came from, go back there. That's where you're native, too. Bye. Right. Get you see the anybody fuck invading out. that? Oh. No. No. You can stay true to your fucking cultures from where you came from, but... But because they're not the same as you, that makes them inferior to you. Right. Go fuck yourself. Right. It just, I am so fucking pissed off. So fucking pissed. I oh, like, no. I want to vomit. No, absolutely. I just, oh, I don't know, guys. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. And it's only going to get worse the further we get into this. Uh-huh. You know, but I just, I've never been able to understand that. I've never been able to wrap my head around. How dare you? I know. Just how dare you? You know, no mm -hmm. one, they didn't go over to England. No. And tell you, you got to stop being like this and you need to be this way and you need to be like us. And, oh, we're going to lie to you and take your land and everything you have and, you know, decimate your culture. No, but you think it's okay for you to come over here? Right. Ah, uh, no. 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 And listen, I know that there are people out there nowadays that like, um, you know, still believe in that aren't Native American and have no Native American descent, right? Right. There's There are people that do respect the land and love the land and, you know... Okay. Oh, it, right. There are people out there, so I'm not saying, you know... No, 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 no. No, not at all. But I think the fact, too, that you and I both have Native American mm -hmm. heritage, you know... It, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. Just, it's, uh, and whether we did or not, it's still horrendous. Yeah, absolutely. It's like... And, like, we talked about um, uh, in previous episodes about how, like, it doesn't matter race, religion. We're right. just pissed about everyone. Oh, right. No, that has absolutely. to go through this. But, I, it does, like I said, it touches a little too close to home. Exactly. Being that we're both of Native American descent. Right. So. Right. I, it's just, uh, ooh. Um, mm. And, like we talked about, it's only going to get worse the deeper we get into mm -hmm. this. But, ugh. It's really fucking frustrating. Yeah. Absolutely. And like you said, you don't learn all of this in school. Well, no, you don't learn all this stuff. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Like, why would they want to teach you that? Oh, you'd want to know the truth? Really? Right. Oh, it's just, just horribly frustrating. 
horribly so, frustrating. Hopefully, y'all are still sticking with us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because um, this is only part two, guys. It's only part two. <laughs> we got at least three more parts to go. Yeah. So, we, like we said always, we love you guys. Thank you so much for following us. Make sure you stay tuned for part three, three. of the Black Hawk War. I'm Tina. And I'm Amber. Darkness, Darkness is our way of life. See you in the mirror next time. <laughs>